your service matters. Whether you're in the military or you're a journalist or you're a teacher or a fireman, first responder, it matters when you serve. It's about a purpose-driven life. If people wanted to ask me how my, my child wants to be a catcher, what do I tell them? And I say, catch every ball. And in life, isn't that the way it is? We all show some form of valor. Common people doing uncommon things. Loyalty, duty, honor, respect, selfless service, integrity, personal courage. They laid down everything to go to war for us so we can be free to sit here and talk this podcast. Why? Why did you do it? What impelled you to put aside the instinct for self-preservation and risk your lives? It was faith and belief. It was loyalty and love, clear convictions and beliefs. It's important in a democracy for us to know that freedom isn't free. The Bob Feller Act of Valor Foundation is exactly the right name for that foundation to inform the American public about the ideals and the virtues and the heroism of people like Bob Feller. Bob Feller, he said, my one piece of advice is read our Constitution and run your lives according to the Constitution. We swear an oath to a document that stands for freedom, makes this experiment that we call the United States of America. We are not perfect, but we hold the moral high ground. We are trying to, in the words of our founding document, in order to form a more perfect union. There are going to be some tough calls to make the world safer, better, to represent those values. We can continue to make this world a much, much better place. Today on the American Valor Podcast, we're glad to have on Patrick Donahue, who is the founder and president of Project Nine Line. Patrick gave up his dream job of being a stockbroker to follow in his father's footsteps and join the U.S. Army in 2008. Now he helps veterans readjust to society through Project Nine Line and is active in the veterans' rights law community. Patrick, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, if you could, could you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure thing. So uh, I grew up in Long Island in Iceland, New York. I graduated high school in 1999. Uh, I was thinking of joining the Army then, and I did not. Uh, I took the ASVAB and everything, but, but I went to college instead. I did really bad at, at that, actually. Um, and then I started a business. I had a, a landscaping company for a few years, and I just really wanted to pursue like my dream, which was being a stockbroker. So I took the Series 7, 63, I passed. And then that was in like the beginning of 2000, or mid-2008, and I joined that feel at like the worst time uh, because all the financial giants were like doing very um, unethical things to, to Americans. And I felt like I was part of the problem, right? So, so I was like, well, how do I become part of the solution? So I was like, um, and this was on a Friday, right? And it was a Friday in June. And I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to join the army. So I went home and, and, and asked her, told my wife, I'm not really certain. Uh, <laughs> I said, I think I'm going to join the Army. Obviously, it was the question, but I think I, I told her, though, so she'd buy into it a little more, you know? And uh, she's like, okay. So I, I never went back to work. I went to the recruiter that Monday, and uh, I left for basic training in August of 2008. And then while I was in basic training, the stock market pretty much crashed, right? Uh, so And my job was eliminated. So, so uh, people thought I, I must have knew that was coming, but if I had known that was coming, I would be filthy rich. Um, not sitting in basic training. Uh, so, but uh, I, I, I couldn't have made a better decision. Um, so uh, I ended up 
finished in basic training on Halloween 2008, and then I ended up in the 101st Airborne, um, which was a very fitting place for me. Um, and then I, I, I went to Operation Enduring Freedom 2010-2011 with my unit. Um, it had a very real effect on me pretty much immediately. Um, and for many years, I had trouble understanding why it affected me so much and, and, and uh, who others had been doing um, much more dangerous things than I was over there. But yet I was affected so much. Uh, and for a few years, I suffered and struggled and um, pushed everyone I love away from me even, you know. Uh, and then finally, I, I decided to ask for help. Um, and I did. And I got help. And that was in like 2013. So a few years after I'd gotten out. Um, and, and then while I was receiving help at the VA for my own struggles, I, I had come to be aware that, you know, 22 veterans were committing suicide every day. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't stomach that at all. And I couldn't sit idle, like on the sidelines while that happened. And I knew that my own, my own path and my own recovery was going to need a lot of helping others. I knew that was going to be very beneficial to me as well. So I started thinking about how I could help to to make a difference on how many of my brothers and sisters were taking their own lives and also how I can continue to keep getting well. I was pretty far from being well still at that point, but, but how I could get well and stay well, hopefully one day, you know, be a, be a person again, so to speak. Um, so I wrote a business plan while I was in the hospital and then I got out and started project nine line in, um, January 2014, and our mission is simple. It's empowering veterans with reintegration through arts and activities. Uh, and how we do that is by offering free art and wellness-based programs to veterans, and in a lot of cases, their families as well. Um, and over the years, we've, we've, we've brought to, to existence over 15 programs original ones, uh, seven of which are still operating now. Uh, even throughout this past time, we've been running our programs virtually. Uh, we've had just as much attendance in some programs and even more in, in some programs than before. Um, and, and building Project Nine Line and helping others. And it's an all-volunteer-based uh, uh, organization. Um, we don't have any employees. Uh, so, so the community really joined together um, and, and offer these programs to veterans free of charge that um, are getting them maybe sometimes out of their comfort zone, getting them communicating, getting them together, you know, um, providing the, the pillars, you know, that, that are necessary for, for wellness. Um, and so it's been, and, and it's actually helped me the most as it turns out, um, because uh, I feel like giving back and having a focus, um, you know, having a, a purpose, is such a necessary component to, to getting well and staying well that I'm the one who actually benefited the most from all of this. So I am quite grateful to Project Nine Line as well. Um, and currently, I just I just I just graduated law school in December. So I went I went back to school around the same time I started Project Nine Line. I got my bachelor's, I got my master's, and then I just finished my law degree. I went straight through since that time, and then I just took the bar exam in February, uh, and I passed. So things are, things are really on the up and up for me. Um, and my struggles, they're still there. I, um, they, they're at bay most of the time because I, I do a lot of things to, to, to continue to stay well. I have a lot of wellness activities. 
that I participate in, uh, many of which I learned through Project 99, as it, as it turns out. But um, so uh, that's where I'm at today. Well, congrats on passing the bar and then finishing law school. Thank um, you. I actually heard that you do mixed martial arts as one of those recreational activities. You still doing that? I, I, I only practice uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at this time, but I did. So we started a program called Vets MMA. Um, it was actually, so, so when I got to grad school, marketing class was the first semester. And part of that class was to create like a business or a product. And then we would pitch it to the class in like a Shark Tank type event. So I pitched to my team that we could build a program and launch it uh, and make it real as well as win the, win the class prize, you know? And we did all of those. Um, so, and the program was Vets MMA. So we wrote the plan on how it would work and, and, and created the program in class. And then sure enough, we, and I was in a, the fall semester. The first Vets MMA class was, was the, that January, the end of that January. So we did it all really fast with that program. And um, so, so that was my first time doing any type of mixed martial arts absent like um, army combatives training. And, uh, and I took to it really well. And so, but the program actually doesn't exist within Project 99 currently. It's coming back again one day, but, but I continue to do it. And I still practice, uh, not currently because of uh, COVID, but, but yeah, I, it, it's been life changing for me to practice Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And, uh, um, and that's just one of the components that I, that I, I figured out along the way and I continue to use, uh, which, which helps me to maintain my, my, my wellness for the most part. So going back to when you first started Project Nine Line, um, can you tell us a little bit about how you first got up and running and how you raised some of your uh, startup funds? Sure. So the first thing we did was have a, a concert, which was like our initial fundraiser. Um, and that we had a, a few like veteran bands play throughout the day. Um, and it was just your, uh, uh, a, a concert, so to speak. But that's really what gave us the idea to kind of like focus on, on uh, the performance aspect of it as well, because there's a lot to be said for, for veterans getting out there, putting themselves out, um, singing, or, or in some cases doing stand-up comedy. We also do teach, teach that. Um, there's something to be said for that. Uh, it helps you with so much different things, but, but that was our initial uh, launch was a music concert. Um, and then from then, uh, I gathered some family members and some community members, and we just began uh, figuring out what the next steps were. So then we planned an art show, then we planned our, our programs around uh, from those. So we, we teach art and we teach guitar lessons. Uh, those all stem from our initial events and like how we can continue to, to, to challenge vets and, and let them uh, get out there and perform. So, so it was a process, but we did it with like no money, right? Um, we just did it with the hard work of like your, your regular everyday people at that point, a couple vets, my family members, and then the rest were like people that I just knew uh, that were willing to help me. Uh, Cause when I told them the issue, right? Like people, this was, this, that study came, that original 22 a day study came out in 2012. So people weren't really necessarily aware of it when we started to kind of spread that message. And so when anyone I told that to was more than willing to help in any way they could. Um, so, so, so that's how we got started by, by guess, um, harnessing the energy of, of Americans to, to want to help returning vets. 
Yeah, we talked to Kevin Hertel, who's the president and founder of the SAR Flag uh, and Chad uh, about a week ago and released our interview with them uh, yesterday, actually. And so we, I know for myself at least, and I'm sure Colin too, that was really eye-awakening uh, or eye-opening rather to hear that stat and really get in depth about why this is happening and realizing that it actually is preventable. Um, what are some things that you've seen within Project Nine Line that have actually helped um, steer people away from that becoming just a, another one of those 22? Well, I'll have to say that probably our most effective uh, programs thus far are, are guitar lessons and stand-up comedy lessons. So that um, anytime that you are gathering with other vets, learning something new, and then quite possibly showing it to the world in some manner, I mean, these things have effect on every aspect of the of, of the the, the um, symptoms that come with PTSD, you know, especially in, like anxiety, for instance, right? To, for stand-up comedy, I'll use as an example, for one to get up on stage and, and just be them in front of people and a mic, uh, just them and the mic in front of hundreds of people in, 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 in a bunch of cases, um, the, the, the effect that has on you to be able to overcome your anxiety, your fear, your hypervigilance, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's something else. And it, you know, not everybody takes to, to the medication regiment or, or the other treatment methods that are out there. Um, and, and even if they do, then what, you know, now that you, you get, you get a, you get a guy or girl, well, but then what, how do you keep them there? You know, so, so participating in art and wellness based programs has this profound effect on anybody really. But specifically, veterans uh, that are suffering that you may not, they're not willing to talk about it sometimes. They're not willing to, and that's, that's the, who needs the most help, you know? So how do you, how do you get to someone that, 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 that needs help but won't admit it, won't ask for it? And then, by, and then and, and, and the, you know, the suicide thing, by the time you know, it's too late. So um, keeping them engaged and keeping them um, connected and busy, um, that has a profound effect on, on, on the symptoms that cause someone to, to want to give up on life, you know? So I know you also, um, along with Project Nine Line, you also help coordinate one of the runs in the Suffolk County Veterans Run Series. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure thing. So, so our race is called the Heart of an Eagle Race. Um, and there's, there's a, a whole, uh, there's nine races, I believe, that are part of the Suffolk County Run Series, which stem from the Suffolk County Marathon. Um, and I was actually part of like uh, the, the veteran planning committee for the Suffolk Marathon uh, a few years back. And, and the, the, the plan was to, to enact a marathon in Suffolk County that, that would then benefit veteran service organizations uh, financially through the, the, the money made from the race. Um, so, uh, and, and now the veteran run series has started. So we, we have um, the Heart of an Eagle race is in September. It's still pending. It's actually the only one that's not only virtual yet because we still didn't make a decision. Um, but it's September 13th this year, 2020. Um, and last year we had a few hundred runners come. And, uh, and that's, that's a pretty big fundraiser for us. Uh, and, and it all stems from, from the Suffolk County Marathon 
and uh, I think that uh, the, the race series is a, is a great way to raise awareness for, for a lot of VSOs here in Long Island because there's actually a really lot of good help here in, in Suffolk County. Uh, but I don't know if it's, it seems like it might be more so than most places, which is really great for Suffolk veterans, you know. Um, but but the, the run series uh, helps to finance a lot of these organizations. It raises a ton of awareness, and, 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 and that goes true for our race, the Heart of an Eagle race, which we are, we're partnered with uh, Team RWB in our race. Um, and, and they do a lot they, – they're more the ones that do a lot of um, – the races and running so so it's a it's a large majority of them whereas our participants are more artsy based people than 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 runners but but that's why it's even it's even better that we join forces with them so so we can get them both together you know yeah and that's perfect trying to combine people from all walks and for the for the more artsy people you guys have vet stock um are you guys still going to be able to have that this year we haven't really talked about it. I'm kind of thinking it's going to not be this year, which would be the first year in six years. So, so Vetstock's the world's only veterans music festival. And what I mean by that is that the veterans are the performers. So, so there's many, there's many uh, music festivals that benefit veteran service organizations, which is really great. But, but Vetstock's very unique because the veterans are the performers. And so, so mo- we have over like last, I think last Vetstock we had, 34 35 veteran performers staggered throughout like eight or nine acts you know um we had a few acts that weren't weren't contained a veteran uh, but m- most of them most of them did and so so at earlier in vet stocks in the, in the first few we had like a, a rack a rap stage a, hit, uh, a rock stage and then we had electronic music going all night all veteran djs all veteran bands all veteran hip-hop artists um so, so, but that was kind of big for us to, to undertake with an all-volunteer team. So we scaled it down a bit over the years um, rather than it be like a 12-hour thing. And now it's like a little shorter. Um, but we still do the same. It still has the same, it still has the same MO. Um, it's all, it's mostly all veteran performers uh, and at least, at least one in every act. Um, and then uh, the money goes to Project Nine Line. That's our biggest fundraiser. You know, we don't have any real... Um, grants or, or corporate funding uh, we get by on very little bit amount of money and and our our vet stock was like one of our biggest money makers uh, because that's that's how we that's how we started right with the, with the concert so we just kept that model it's a tough model though because events are a lot of work and um, but but we've been doing it and it, it's what it, the events have, are twofold right they're not only fundraisers but they're performances for veterans that people can come see and and, and enjoy the veterans performing whichever art that they they choose to so that that's what really makes it magical so that's why we're gonna we're gonna stick with with the model but vet stock is is, the, is a very fun time you guys should come hopefully may, may might be next year as it turns out but we, we haven't decided fully yet yeah I certainly would want to come I remember uh hearing about that and it sounded like a really cool opportunity to have veterans being supported by you know the rest of their community and even other veterans too yeah Um, and i know you you we mentioned the brazilian jiu-jitsu and i heard that you're into meditation and poetry do you play uh an instrument at all i do not i'm just a big fan of music so so um i part they had me sing a song here and there but but they got I'm not really into it that much. I, it's fun, but but um, I I I took the stand up comedy course uh, early on, so so I participate. I told 
told a lot of jokes in a lot of places. Um, and I, and I do yoga and meditation. Like I said, like you said, is, is very important to me and, and the jujitsu. I'm not really into the instruments. Maybe one day, you know, I just don't have time to do so many other things. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I can attest to that. I, uh, I actually picked up my guitar just because, you know, with COVID I'm, I'm sitting around my house uh, a good portion of the time. But you mentioned uh, comedy again, and it's been touched on earlier. Your daughter, apparently, she's quite the comic, too. You guys going to have a, a father-daughter Netflix special here coming up soon? I wish. She retired after one show. She's the funniest. She is absolutely – she stole the show that time. Yeah, so we've taught we – te- we teach it yearly. We didn't teach it this year, but I think we taught it five, five years in a row. Um, and so at the end of the, the class, we have a, a show. And, yeah, my daughter took the class a few years ago. And I took it a second time, so I took it with her too. And then, so we all did a clean show, which made it kind of, made it kind of a, a unique experience for comedians just starting out to have to only tell clean jokes. But but that's what they decided. So I was happy they did that to let her her participate. So and the, the comedians formed what's called the Veterans Comedy Assault. So they they have their own entity now. Um, I'm part of that. I just I haven't done comedy in a few years, so I'll, I'm still part of it. But I, I'm just in the you know on the sidelines. Uh, but the Veterans Comedy Assault performs all over the place. They performed at Mohegan Sun a few times. They do fundraisers. They, they do uh, shows uh, all around the, no- the, the Northeast, actually. Um, and those are, those are comedians, all veterans, um, almost, most of which learn comedy through our course, uh, some of which were like professional comedians already and, and veterans. So, of course, they could be part of the Veterans Comedy Assault. But I think that's a really unique thing that's come out of Project Nine Line, too. Um, and they are hilarious. Um, so you mentioned Vetstock being your, your major fundraiser for Project Nine Line. What are some ways some of our listeners could find out more events that you guys put on or when Vetstock finally is decided was your major fundraiser for Project Nine Line? Um, where are some places our listeners can keep tuned? So uh, on, our, on our website would probably be the best place. Our social media presence has been kind of lackadaisy for a while. Um, not, not really maintaining it as well as we should be. Um, but, but I always try to at least put the flyer as soon as we have something new coming up as like the pop-up on the website. So that way it's right. It's up and ready right away. Um, and like, uh, so we do vet stock comedy shows and art shows. So that's how we, that's how we have typically, um, financed ourselves throughout the years. Uh, you know, we do like one every three months, either, you know, comedy show, vet stock or art show. Now we have the race filling in that fourth slot. Um, so yeah, hopefully sooner than later we can announce some some offerings where the community can come check out the vets performing. But for now, we're kind of just waiting like everyone else. But the website would be the place for that. Yeah, I think I think every nonprofit out there too is really sitting here waiting, kind of just hoping that we can get back to to some sense of normalcy and, and get some events going. Yeah. So you mentioned getting your, your law degree and Chad Lennon, uh, part of the found Bob Feller foundation, put us in touch with you. Um, and you've done some work with him in the veterans rights community. What kind of stuff are, are you working on in that industry? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so, so, so Chad Lennon runs the, uh, the veterans clinic, the service members rights clinic at Toro college. And at, at, when I was a student there, I applied for a fellowship and I got it for the summer. So I worked there doing like, uh, um, disability appeals, discharge upgrades, uh, and other things. We help vets with anything really at, at that call, anything they need. If we can't do it, 
we'll get them to the right place. But then as a student, you have to work in that clinic. So, uh, uh, so I did that my last semester in December. So I got really, I got to learn a lot about veterans law and I found out that it's actually a field. You know, I went to law school to, to strengthen my ability to help veterans and I didn't know it at the time, but veterans law is a whole field. So, so I actually got a, Chad's a good dude. He's like, you got to apply for a job. So I did back in on August, I got a job at a firm as a paralegal doing 9-11 victims compensation fund claims. As it turns out, they have a VA department. So after I took the bar exam, because I took off like three months to study, I was going back to work and I ended up in the VA department. This is in March, so, so the first week in March. So I, I started my new job doing VA disability claims, and then I've been at home, working from home doing that, uh, learning on the fly, but helping you know veterans, that's all I do all day. It's the coolest job in the world. Yeah, and it really gets to pair up your, you know, your previous, well, not your previous passion, but your first passion with helping veterans with Project Nine Line, and now you get to do it really for a career as well, too. So that must be really cool. Yeah, I'm doing it professionally now. You know, like that's what I do, and then I and then I still get to moonlight doing my Project Nine Line thing. You know, helping vets the way I've been, but but more importantly, I get to represent them on really important stuff. You know, their VA disability claim for some some people getting them service connected for their different for different claims and injuries is very important to them you know so uh, it's a real honor to, to to work on their behalf and and um i i couldn't ask for so so i kind of been uh just learning this all sitting home during covid um but i could the timing couldn't have been better i guess so to speak you know because uh i made it to 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 here and i get to help vets that's awesome. Um, and I think, I think we're all set on questions. So we really just want to thank you again for joining us today. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk about all you do with the veterans community, uh, with Project Nine Line, but also with uh, now your law degree. So we want to thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you so much. I appreciate that very much. Thanks again to listening to the American Valor podcast, and we hope to have you back next time. Please like, review, and subscribe to the American Valor Podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to having you back.